Good morning, North Star. My name is Wayne Dennard, and this is our church home for myself and my family, and I also have the privilege of serving as your police chief here in the city of Ackworth. This morning, it is my honor to uh, read to you from Acts 16, which is our, our verse from where our message will come from today. This is uh, Acts 16, starting in 22, verse 22. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Before we move on, I want you guys to join me this year. At the end of this year, Chief Dennard is going to be retiring from the city of Ackworth. And would y'all join me today and thank him for the amazing job he has done leading our city over these past 20 years. Chief, you're the best. You're the best. Thank you so much. So good. So good. You may be seated. <clears throat> what I love is once a month, Chief, along with eight other chiefs here in Cobb County in our area, gather here at North Star for a Bible study once a month. And it's so neat to know our community is in the hands of people that love Jesus. And I'm just thankful for him and thankful you're here today. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike, and I'm so glad you're here. How many of y'all went somewhere over spring break, all right, raise your hand. How many of y'all were spring broke and you stayed here? All right, there you go, those are the people. So if you were in traffic last week, I was somebody sitting around you going, why are all these people in my way, all right? And so that's what I was doing last Saturday. We drove to Florida, we were down there a week. I'll fill you in a little bit more on that story, but I hope you had a great week and I'm really, really glad you're back. So if you've got your notes, go ahead and pull them out. 
for, uh, for our reference this morning. You were giving them on the way in. Those will be what we'll jot down. They'll guide us. If you've got the app out, it's probably the easiest way to follow along. North Star Church, Georgia, in the app store. We're continuing this walk through the book of Acts. I love the story because we're finding ourselves in the middle of watching God move in incredibly unexpected ways. Sellers did such an amazing job last week talking about uh, Lydia coming to know Christ and the slave girl who what people were using her to basically make money off her. And now we find her meeting Jesus. So you have Lydia comes into Christ, she comes into Christ, and people were mad about it. So they grab Paul and Silas, and we find Paul and Silas having to go to jail for doing all the right things. Paul and Silas were doing exactly what God wanted them to do, and they found themselves somewhere they didn't want to be. So the question in the morning is this. When we are doing the right things and things aren't turning out right, what do we do? Pen, pencil, something to write with this morning. I want you to jot a couple thoughts we learned from Paul and Silas. Number one, life may not be fair, but God is not done. Life may not be fair, but God is not done. There are going to be times, there's going to be seasons, there's going to be moments, life's not fair. Things aren't going to turn out like you would write the story. Things aren't gonna be how you would design it, how you would write it, how you would organize it. Life won't be fair. How many of y'all are raising children that can speak, like they're old enough to speak, or your kids are now grown, but you have raised children. Raise your hand if you've raised children. How many of y'all at some point in the parenting journey have had this conversation with your children? Life is not fair. Y'all really said it before, right? Life isn't fair. Mom, dad, that's not fair. And the normal adult response is, well, that's too very good. So there's evil people in this room. All right, life's not fair. And you know God feels that way sometimes when our stories are playing out. So here's Paul and Silas doing exactly what God told them to do. They're preaching and teaching and people are coming to know Christ. And I want you to look at the story. It's gonna pop up on the screen. We're gonna grab a couple verses out of it. A mob formed against them. The city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. And then it says, and they were what kind of beaten? What does it say? They were severely beaten. Meaning they pushed all the way to the edge you could be pushed. Paul and Silas, the only thing they're guilty of is saying something they don't want to hear. The only thing they're guilty of is the, the, the little slave girl who'd come to know Christ that used to be possessed by a demon that they used her to make money off of. They no longer can make money off. That's what they're guilty of. Paul, get this, Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. There should have been a jury. 
There should have been a trial, but they bypassed all of it. Totally unfair. Totally unfair. Paul and Silas are walking through something they didn't deserve. Paul and Silas are going through something that they shouldn't have to go through. They were beaten. No, no, no. They were severely beaten. And then they were not just thrown in jail. They were thrown, Scripture says, into the inner dungeon. So most likely, jails back during this time were built into the side of a mountain. So you can get the picture. They're built into the side of the mountain. You had your sort of outer area, and then you had the inner area where you put the ones you had to keep the most eye on. And they weren't just put in there to walk around. It says, Acts tells us, their feet were put into stocks. So this isn't like one of those pictures, you know, where you get your picture made, you're, you're, you're standing there. This is, they would spread their feet to make them pay while they're there. They've already been beaten. They would spread their feet, chain them up so there was no rest. You're not gonna sleep. Paul and Silas hadn't done anything wrong. Life is not fair, but when life is not fair, we've gotta remember, but God is not what? He's not done. Paul Tripp, great writer, he said it this way, God takes us down roads we wouldn't choose, so we'll arrive at destinations we would never make our own. I would dare say for some of you in your spiritual journey, you ended up at North Star, you ended up coming to know Christ through circumstances you would not have chosen that walked you through a season you wouldn't have picked. Here's what I would tell you. We know the end of the story. Paul and Silas didn't know the end of the story. All they knew was this could be the end of their story. Paul and Silas kept doing the right thing even when it didn't make sense because here's what they did. I want you to write this word down and we're gonna unpack it, ready? I want you to write down the word trust. They trusted God wasn't done. They trusted. When you're in the middle of the scene of the movie of your life that's at its darkest, don't stop the movie. Trust the movie at over. Does that make sense to everybody? See, God has an amazing ability. The Bible says he's the alpha and omega. Here's what it means. God sees the beginning of your life. God sees the end of your life. God sees way before you ever lived. And God sees way after you ever lived. So this little scratch of time we're living out, he's got you. But somewhere in that journey, everybody look at me, you've got to make the choice, God, I trust you with it. Because there's going to be points in your journey that aren't going to make sense. There's going to be seasons and chapters and moments that if we were to stop the movie right there, you would go, well, this is the worst thing ever. But you hadn't seen the end yet. Paul and Silas, get this, they were not only thrown in jail, they were beaten, they were severely beaten, they were thrown in jail. No, no, they weren't just thrown in jail, they were thrown into the inner dungeon. 
inner dungeon. Paul and Silas made a choice. And their choice was, God, I'm gonna trust you even when life doesn't make sense. And because Paul and Silas made that choice, they allowed God to do something with them he couldn't have done if they hadn't made that choice, which leads us to point number two. Ready? When I'm at my breaking point, God can use it as my turning point. When I'm at the breaking point, I'm at the point where I can't take anymore. I can't do anymore. I don't see the end. When I'm at my breaking point, God can use it as my turning point, but here I'm gonna add a little extra. I want you to little, write this in under number two. Ready? If I allow him to. You have a choice in it. You get to choose. When I'm at my breaking point, God can use it as my turning point if I let him. Sometimes we don't wanna let him. All right, it's called time out. Let's, let's take our spiritual Sunday morning. Hey, everything's great in life. Mask off, lay that beside you. How many of y'all have ever gone through a season in your life you got mad at God for? Raise your hand. How many of y'all have been through more than one of those seasons? If you hadn't been through one, <laughs> it's coming. When I'm at my breaking point, God can use it as my turning point if I let him. Or everybody look at me. You hold the keys for how you allow God to use you. I don't know Paul and Silas. We've never met, all right? So I don't know them. I, I'm conjecturing. Long before Paul and Silas got thrown in that prison cell, they had made a choice. We're serving God no matter what. So, if this story is being written about Mike Lynch, it may not turn out as well as it did for Paul and Silas. Because I want you to look at the story. Look at this. Acts 16, verse 25. They're going to put it up on the screen. Around what time? What time does it say? Is it dark or light at midnight? What is it? It's dark. When you're down, you're depressed, when you feel like God's forgotten you, daytimes are hard. Nighttime seems impossible sometimes, doesn't it? And they weren't in the outer dungeon, they were in the inner dungeon, which means it's most likely pitch black. There is no light where they are. I don't know, we live right out here in West Cobb with a lot of you and Paulding and I've lived in our house. We've lived in this house for three years. We're in our last house for 18 years. I, I walk that house every day. But have you ever had a moment when the light goes out like the power goes off at night and you've got 800 flashlights and none of them are near you? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, like they're nowhere to be found and you're trying to find your way through the house? right? And you know why God made toes. 
to find furniture in the middle of the night that you forgot was there, right? And so you're making your way through. Paul and Silas have been severely beaten. They're thrown into jail. They've not been given any chance to defend themselves. They've been accused and they're guilty and they're most likely gonna be killed. They don't know what to do with these guys. So they throw them in there and around midnight, the darkest part, let me tell you something, Paul and Silas could be writing up their list of grievances to bring up. Look at what it says. Around midnight, they were doing two things. They were, what does it say? And they were, <laughs> I'd have been rattling that jail cell, buddy, but I don't know if I'd have been praying and singing. And it wasn't that they were just praying and singing, but it was the effect on the people around them. And the other prisoners were listening. These guys were already in there. They didn't hear Paul and Silas on the street telling the story about who Jesus was. They didn't know that. Paul and Silas didn't dwell on where they were. They made the most of where they were. Does that make sense to everybody? They didn't sit there and lick their wounds and dwell on where they're at. Where is God? And he called me. And why has he forgotten me? And where is he in my story? And what's he gonna do with me now? And no, they just, they just kept doing inside what they were doing on the outside. And then a massive earthquake hit. It's interesting Remember the jails, most of them were built into these hillsides. And when that earthquake hit, the chains that they were all bound with fell off. Dude, they weren't even praying to be released. They got released. It wasn't like they were singing and praying about, God, come break us out. They were just telling them the story of Jesus. And boom, earthquake hits, they're free, and when the warden, when the chief jailer saw they were free, the Bible says he took a sword to kill himself. Now, why would he do that? Because if a prisoner got free, you were to die by the same death they had to die by. So the prisoner, the, the warden's like, I'm just gonna take care of business, and I am gonna just kill myself. And you remember Paul and Silas said, hey, warden, we're all here. We hadn't gone anywhere. We're all here. And the warden, at his breaking point, finds his turning point. So I want you to think about this story. If Paul and Silas don't trust the Lord where they are, the warden, where he is, never knows the Lord. Does that make sense to everybody? I want you to write this little thought down, and I'm gonna give you a point. If you misuse your story, somebody else loses. If you misuse your story, somebody else loses. God put 
Paul and Silas right where he wanted them to be because he knew that there was somebody there that needed their story. When you're in your worst spot, your story has the most power. It's funny. This chief jailer had heard them preaching. He probably knew what they were preaching in the street. He heard them singing in there. But only when he thought everything was lost did he find the hope they spoke about. We don't learn well. Sometimes we have to learn the hard way. But when you're at your breaking point, God can use it as your turning point. Everybody look at me. If you let him. If you let him. Paul and Silas had a choice. The jailer had a choice. Paul and Silas could have said, no, 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 God, you made, the, you made a big mistake. We signed up to be on street corners and in synagogues, not in prison cells. I like much better how Lydia came to know the Lord. I don't like what I'm having to go through now. And sometimes in those chapters and seasons of our lives that we wouldn't choose. Everybody look at me. Sometimes in those seasons, God uses you the most. If you let him. If you let him. Point number three. And when I trust Jesus... Everybody around me benefits. <clears throat> Can we all agree? Everybody look at me. Can we all agree Paul and Silas trusted Jesus way more than we probably would? Can we agree with that? Okay. When I trust Jesus, everybody around me benefits. So this jailer sees, I want you to get this, he sees their faith. When life was at its worst, they didn't turn their back on God. He saw that. When they had every reason to say, whoa, 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 because you find them at other times defending themselves. They didn't hear for whatever reason. That marked him. He knew that. He saw their faith. And then when the shackles were broken and there could have been a mass exodus, they stayed. And he, at his breaking point, looked at them and he asked this question. What do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to have what you have? And it's interesting, Paul's response to him. He didn't give him a list of things to do. He said, to believe in the name of who? Help out. Believe in the name of who? And you will be saved. It's a crazy story. And this jailer says, I believe. And he, in his whole household, came to know Christ that night. 
and they were all baptized. And it wasn't, they got it by proxy. So it wasn't like the family just gets to go to heaven because of Jesus or because of dad, right? They met Jesus because they saw their dad meet Jesus and say he needed Jesus. And then they said, well, if he needs him, then we need him too. I heard one focus on the family years ago. They put out a statistic. If a dad comes to know Christ in a family, there's a 92% chance the children will. 92%. Why? Because they saw dad needed it and they said, I need what he has. See, when we meet Jesus, everybody around us benefits. I like to say it like this. Our lives cause ripples, right? It's like throwing a, throwing a stone into water. You ever been out on a lake and you throw a stone into water and you watch the ripples? You take one little small stone and you throw it in and it's like the ripples just go. Can I tell you about you? Somebody lives in the wake of your ripples. Your life matters to somebody. Mike, nobody outside Kennesaw and Ackworth even knows who I am. But somebody in Kennesaw and Ackworth does. Somebody you work beside, somebody you live beside, somebody you go to school beside, somebody you play offensive line beside, somebody you have a locker beside, somebody you do a real estate transaction with, they are in your ripple. This warden comes to know Christ and the ripple starts going through his family. And here we are 2,000 years later talking about it. Paul and Silas live for Jesus when it costs the most. And their ripple affects the warden, which affects the other prisoners, which affects us. Somebody in your story would never know Jesus without your story. Does that make sense to everybody? You aren't where you are by accident. There's a pretty good chance there's somebody somewhere praying for somebody that knows you, for them to meet Jesus and they know you. And if you don't live out your story, how are they ever gonna know about Jesus? So this week, I told you I was in Florida. So I don't play golf, I don't play tennis. My hobby is being on a sports field. So in the fall, I'm with football, and in the spring, I'm with baseball. It's what I enjoy, and it's, it, that's just, that's, that's sort of the world that I live in. So this week, we, Ann and I went down a couple days early, uh, to Florida, and then on Monday, our baseball team arrived, and I've been helping with this team since the school opened back in 2008, so it's been, been a minute, and I was with, a, as a dad, the first couple years, and started coaching in 2013, and help out, and just piddle around, help out a little bit, so we were down there for a baseball tournament. We had three games on Wednesday night, Thursday, and Friday, and on Wednesday night, we got hammered, Whew. All right, and then on Thursday, it, we got rained out. So it just poured buckets, couldn't play, so I thought we were gonna lose that game. And they called, and they said, hey, 
We're gonna play it as a split doubleheader on Friday. So at 3.30, we're playing in one part of Orlando, and at 7.30, after you play, you'll jump in your car, you'll drive to the other part of Orlando, and we'll have game two. Now listen, I'm 53. At 7.30, we're getting near bedtime. You know what I'm talking about? And so at 7.30, I'm ready to watch a good episode of King of Queens, all right? And so this is where I'm getting in the evening and, and catch the Braves and the whole bit. And so I'm like, 7.30, good night. So we win game one. I'm like, let's just go home. I don't want to go play game two. So we go play game two. And I'm down in the bullpen getting our pitcher ready for the game. And Casey, my son, we all know Casey, and Casey helps. He coordinates our pitchers there for us. He's the pitching coach, and I help him out. And Casey comes down and he said, Dad, there's somebody here to see you that wants to talk to you. Okay, be great. This is the story of the someone who came to see me Thursday night, or Friday night, sorry. 7.30 on Friday night, we had to get up 5.30 and leave Orlando. I wasn't looking forward to this game, but here's why I'm glad I went to the game. Here's the story. I did not ask his permission to share this, but he put it on Facebook so the world has permission. All right, here we go. <laughs> this is what he wrote. There are only so many defining moments in your life, and there's one moment that materially changed me. Christmas Eve service at North Star four years ago. Our family was invited to the service by very close friends. I don't know the friends. I don't know who invited them. But somebody said, I'm gonna use our story to help someone else in their story. Joe wrote, I hadn't been to church in many years, so I wasn't really sure what to expect. And I was a little bit apprehensive. However, during that service, Pastor Mike managed to make every person in the room disappear. And I felt like I was the only one in the audience. You ever been there, ever felt that way? That isn't me. That's the Holy Spirit grabbing somebody's heart. Emotions and feelings that have been suppressed for years came flooding back into my being. And I couldn't hold back my tears. Tears of utter joy. In that defining moment, Jesus came into my life. And in the words of our church, I found my way home. This is Joe. This is standing down there about 7.30 on Friday night in Orlando, Florida. Joe said, we relocated from Georgia to Florida about nine months ago. One of the biggest disappointments in this move is I wouldn't be able to attend Sunday at North Star. However, I'm thankful for the technological advance of allowing me to join every Sunday via online. I didn't envision a moment where I would get to see my pastor in person again. But as luck would have it, while visiting friends in Orlando at an Alatoona spring baseball game, I got to see Mike. I can never thank Mike and North Star enough for picking me out of the crowd that Christmas Eve. My world was forever changed. I'm not the hero of the story. I just got to play a part in the story. North Star is not the hero of the story. North Star got to play a part in the story. You know who the hero of the story was? Jesus. 
whoever invited them. I got to be there when Joe and his son were baptized together. Because somebody said, I want my life to count. I'm just gonna invite a friend to come with me. And their ripple now will be felt in generations to come in Joe's family. Can I ask you a question today? Who's your Joe? Who's your Joe? Who has God put in your path that may never know Jesus without you? Would you pray with me? Father, on Friday night when I hugged Joe's neck, I knew why I was in Orlando. I wasn't in Orlando for a vacation. I wasn't in Orlando for a baseball game. I was in Orlando to be reminded that you work all the time for people to meet you like that jailer did. Sometimes you use tough circumstances. Sometimes you use invites. Sometimes you use things we wouldn't choose to get us in places we didn't want to be to meet the people that needed you. Father, there's two parts of today. Number one, you may be like Joe and the jailer. You found your way here to North Star, a friend, a coworker, a teammate invited you, a roommate invited you. And you say, Mike, while you read Joe's story, I swear it was like you're reading mine. Mike, I want to meet the Jesus that the jailer met. I want to meet the Jesus that Joe met. Boy, I'd sure love to meet you. Tell you how. Right where you're seated this morning, right where you're watching from this morning. Won't you just pray this simple prayer? And it really isn't the words, it was the prayer of belief in the name of the Lord Jesus. Dear Jesus, would you pray this? I need you. I believe you lived for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior today. If you prayed that prayer with me this morning, I just want you to look up from right where you are. Everybody else around you is praying. I just want you to look up and look at me. Welcome home. Welcome home. That little card and the seat back in front of you, you'll take that out and put your name on there, an email or cell phone, and just check the box that I asked Jesus in my heart. You are why we're here. I'm so proud of you. There's a second group, though. You're the ones that get to use your story to be a ripple in somebody else's story. 
And you're thinking of the Joes in your life right now. Would you begin to pray for them right where you are, would you? Would you pray that they would see Jesus in you on your best of days and on the worst of your days? Father, we hold this book called Acts, the Acts of the Early Apostles. Most of these were not written on flowery paths of beautiful days. Most of the acts of the early church were written while they were being scattered because of persecution. They were being beaten for their faith. But God, we hold this book today because they never stopped telling the story of who you were. Father, I don't know if while Paul was sitting in that jail cell beaten, he remembered how Stephen never stopped telling the story on the day he was being stoned to death while he gave his approval. But whatever it is, I sure am glad he didn't quit telling your story. Father, today, may we tell our story and may the ripples of our journey affect the journey of someone else to come to know you. And I pray it in Jesus' name.